BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. And now your host, the snapping man himself, Chicago Reader columnist Ben Jarofsky. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this What You See is What You Get Tuesday. Told you, D. And here's why. Good weekend. You have a good weekend, D? You know, it's Tuesday, right? Oh, I forgot it's Tuesday. I saw Dolomite is my name. The only podcast that talks about the weekend <laughs> on Tuesdays. Uh, well, you know, it, yeah, it was kind of a long weekend. Anyway, so <laughs> Dolomite uh, uh, is my name. Uh, I saw it uh, Saturday with my dear friend Cap. Went to Cap's house and saw it and his lovely wife, Deb. What, what up, Cap? What up, Cap? What up, Deb? A great movie. Had a great time hanging with Cap and Deb. And my wife was there as well. And then I watched it again on Sunday. I liked it so much, D. I watched it twice. And he Murphy stars in it. I love that movie. I've seen it twice. But having said this, let me having said that, let me say this. It should not be nominated for an Oscar. Oh no, negatory. Uh-uh. I'm very strict on this point. Uh movies that are nominated for Oscars, that designation be should be reserved for films that actually played on movie theater screens, folks. There's a difference between a movie and a movie theater screen and a movie that streams on your TV. And uh, Dolomite, as much as I enjoyed it, is definitely the latter. Sort of like a made-for-TV movie, like Brian's Song. My older listeners uh, will know what Brian's Song is. I know my millennials are like, huh, what? Never heard of it. Well, whatever. It doesn't matter. But anyway, uh, uh, this, is, uh, this is one of my special obsessions and passions. We'll be talking about this at great length throughout the week, I'm sure, with various guests. Uh, whether, the Irishman is in the same category. Marty Scorsese's... <laughs> New movie, which uh, it's like one, it's going to open this weekend. It's only on one screen in the city of Chicago, the Smart People Movie Theater over Clark uh, and uh, Diversity. They call it the Smart People Movie Theater, D, because you have to be smart to get in. You got to take a test, all right? Only for smart people. You got to bring your GPA. Uh, here's my uh, ACT score. Uh, let me look at this. I got in, but only because somebody else took the test for me, all right? I, don't tell them I did it. Anyway, it's only one. St- How is that fair? Come on, man. You should. The Irishman should be out for like two months at least at every screen, and then Netflix should get it, all right? Anyway, don't get me started on this thing. Um, Woke up today and saw in my beloved Bright One, this story really uh, tickled my fancy uh, in some ways. It's a very serious story. Mitch Dudek wrote about it. New video shows principal allegedly lie about forcing a student out into the cold. Here we go. I'll read you the lead. Great job by Mitch Dudek, Chicago Sun-Times reporter. A newly released video shows a CPS principal offering an allegedly fabricated story in order to explain one, why one of his students spent more than 30 minutes outside the school in frigid weather. So the principal had said one thing originally, and then the video showed another thing, and it undercut the official version of the story. All right, I urge everybody to check it out. Very interesting story. It just goes to show you that you can't, it's like what the truth is cannot always be determined by the official statement, and sometimes there's evidence that undercuts the official statement. The ironic part of this story, the twist, the dramatic twist, is this. 
according to the article, the lawyer uh, for the family of this child who's uh, released the video showing that the principal uh, didn't may, may not have told the truth as to what went down is a gentleman named Dan Herbert. And who is Dan Herbert, you asked? Dee? Well, I'll tell you. Great question. Dan Herbert is an attorney who represented Jason Van Dyke. And if you recall, Jason Van Dyke was the police officer uh, who was uh, convicted of shooting Laquan McDonald. Now, in that case, the police official version when after the shooting took place was that Laquan McDonald was charging uh, Jason Van Dyke with a knife and Van Dyke had to shoot him to protect himself. When the video was finally released, uh, despite the attempts by Mayor Rahm to uh, keep it from being released, when a Cook, Cook County Circuit Court judge ordered the mayor to release the video, we discovered, lo and behold, that the video did not show Laquan McDonald a lunging at Jason Van Dyke, that in fact he wasn't moving at him at all, and so the video sort of contradicted the official story. Now, Dan Herbert, the attorney for Jason Van Dyke, was arguing in that case uh, what I call the Richard Pryor uh, defense strategy. That's named for the great comedian Richard Pryor, who once said uh, when his wife caught in bed with another woman, who are you going to believe, me or your lying eyes? Uh, And now, apparently, uh, Dan Herbert, uh, that his client's uh, story is uh, validated by a video, is arguing the dramatics and the uh, the dramatics theory of defense, and that is D. What you see is <laughs> what you get. In other words, videos don't lie. Now, listen, I am not hating on Dan Herbert. He's a lawyer, a trial lawyer, and as we all know, a trial lawyer's first responsibility is to look out for the best interest of his or her client. So, if he has to argue the Richard Pryor argument in one case and then completely argue a different one in the uh, dramatics argument in the next case so be it it's all about being a good lawyer yes the man they call the doctor with the news how's it going everybody (laughs) i'm dennis before we unpack uh, the news happening in chicago and or illinois this afternoon let's go to you the youtube live stream chat room here uh let's see here steven weighed in here he says i've been the academy awards are uh for outstanding contributions to cinema not cinemas ben you're really being a stick in the mud (laughs) boomer on this one sorry it's me. And by the way, uh, I'll just point out that Marty Scorsese, I'll urge everybody to read Marty Scorsese's essay on this very topic in today's New York Times. We'll take the deep dive. I'm just saying, man, it's all part of the theatrical experience. And yes, indeed, I stand accused. You're absolutely right. I am a boomer. All right. <laughs> now, the rest of you guys I know you love watching your little movies on your cell phones and stuff. But I'm sorry. You want the Oscar? It's got to have a theatrical release. Our dear friend Pat Rod weighed in on the YouTube live stream chat. Pat Rod, what up up top? All right. Uh, let's see here. Oh, he's, oh, Stephen, by the way, says Marty is older than you are. <laughs> it's true, Stephen. Pat Rod says, yeah. what up, guys? Popeye's chicken sandwich is back. Yeah, it is. Uh, we we need an update, man. Miles, where are you, Miles? Start working on that, all right? We appreciate everybody joining us live this afternoon. All right. Let's Wait, didn't Miles give us an update last week on that? No, he did not. Oh, oh maybe. Yes, I don't know. he did, yeah. Oh, good God. <laughs> It's going to be a long one today. All right, let's talk about the local news here. No Tuesday public events scheduled for our Illinois governor, J.B. Pritzker. But we do have some statewide news to discuss. News like the latest endorsement for Illinois Democratic third congressional candidate, Marie the Real Democrat Newman. (laughs) 
Back in 2018, the first congressional go-around between Newman and the incumbent Dan, the not-so-much-Democrat Lipinski, was one of Illinois' most-watched elections. Maybe even one of the nation's most-watched elections. Newman nearly lost, but she's back for the rematch. Beginning in the summer, Marie Newman has seen a handful of endorsements come her way. Endorsements from the most popular Democratic names out there. 2020 presidential candidates Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, Cory Booker, Kirsten Gillibrand, well, she's not a candidate now, but she did endorse, and also Jay Inslee, even Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez endorsed Marie Newman. Well, heads up, everyone. You may be a little underwhelmed. This name, not as popular, but locally, could really help against her race against Dino Dan Lipinski. Marie Newman has been endorsed by Illinois U.S. Representative Jan Schakowsky. Mm -hmm. In a statement, Schakowsky said, quote, with Marie in Congress, we will grow our ability to secure big wins for working families, to protect women's rights, and fight climate change. I am proud to stand with Marie. Her election helps Democrats build a party that is willing to take bold steps to bring affordable health care, including prescription drugs, protect and expand Social Security and Medicare, and raise the wages of working Americans. Ben Jarofsky, your thoughts on Schakowsky's endorsement here of Marie Newman? Well, I believe, and don't quote me on this, that Jan Schakowsky endorsed her in the last uh, go around against Danny Lipinski. By the way, that's the name of Ben's next podcast. Don't quote me on this. <laughs> until, you know, don't quote me until you've verified it for yourself. I think it's a good way to go through life, but I'm pretty sure she did. I'm also pretty sure that uh, Luis Gutierrez endorsed her back in 2018. Did he not, young Den uh, Dennis? I believe so. And uh, so, yeah, Dan Lipinski, who is the incumbent, is on the far, 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 far right side of the Democratic Party. So far right, I'm not even, I think he falls off the party. Uh, so it's understandable by that liberals and lefties, et cetera, and so forth would uh, endorse Marie Newman. Now, with, this gets interesting. I'm going to go into the weeds. I know some of my um, uh, listeners who are really into the ins and outs of democratic politics will go for this. Uh, but there's rules established by the DCCC. Uh, what is that one called? The Democratic, oh God, I, my uh, dyslexia is firing, flaming here. Uh, I'm going to reverse all the words, but it's the Congressional Committee that oversees Democratic elections. Uh, and uh, one of our listeners will weigh in with the exact name of the DCCC. Anyway, they have rules limiting consultants, restricting consultants, punishing consultants, political consultants, strategists, pollsters, etc., from working against incumbents. This is one of Nancy Pelosi's things. And so this is causing some stress and strain in this one, Dave, because how can you punish a consultant for working for uh, Marie Newman if Congress people like Jan Schakowsky or Luis Gutierrez or AOC, et cetera, and so forth, have endorsed Marie Newman. So Democratic Party's got to figure this stuff out. This is still a remnant of the fight between Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton. The Dems are just always at war with themselves, D. Now, a similar thing is going on in the Republican Party, uh, where Donald Trump has just waged war on everybody in the Republican, has taken control, seized control of the Republican Party, driven out anybody who dares to disagree with him. So that you got the closest you have to somebody disagreeing with Donald Trump and the Demo and the Republican Party is Mitt Romney, who whispers it. I'm concerned, uh, but everybody else is hiding under a table. So I guess it's a similar fight in the Republican Party. But there, uh, Donald Trump uh, has prevailed in the Democratic Party. The DCCC said, that, no, 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 uh, consultants, you can't work for Marie Newman. And then you got Jan Schakowsky coming out endorsing. So, you know, a little inconsistency there, Democrats. Just saying. A little inconsistency there, says Ben Jarofsky. All right. Uh, Frank has weighed in. Uh, Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee. That's correct. Thank you, Frank. I knew he would know. <laughs> 
Not, you know, because I got so much dyslexia, Frank, I'm going to reverse that. Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee. I'm going to write that down. Congressional yeah, We got nothing going on. Go ahead. Take your time. There we go. Thank you, Frank. I <laughs> uh, hope you're there tonight, Frank, at uh, the hideout. We're going to be talking about that more in a minute. This okay. year, the third congressional district election is a four-candidate battle. Rush Darwish, who runs a video and film production business, and Abe Matthew, an attorney also running against Lipinski. Now for the corruption portion of our show. <laughs> Talk about this a lot lately. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's Chicago, <laughs> Illinois. My beloved Democratic Party in Illinois. Um, nutty, nutty, nutty. We have an update on what has quickly become one of my favorite things to talk about on Corruption Corner. City Club Gate. Oh, City Club Gate. Yeah. Ben Jarofsky, before we get into this, if you could, please give those who may not know uh, a quick recap well, of City on. Club Gate. Hold on. Oh, he's grabbing the... Oh. This is excellent podcast. Okay, uh, City Club, of course, is the club downtown Chicago where they have meeting. I don't know once a week or every other week. Who knows? And they bring distinguished guests and uh, from the the world of politics, and they all discuss the issues of the day as though they're above corruption. Oh, this is very interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, and it turns out that the guy who runs City Club, the president of City Club, it was, uh, you know, was, uh, was what. Uh, somehow or other involved in the investigation into the Democrats, Michael Madigan, Commonwealth Edison, who knows? Jay Doherty, of course, was the uh, uh, the lobbyist for Commonwealth Edison, and he's the president of the City Club. And I think it was in May. Uh-oh. It was the feds coming knocking, taking all sorts of who knows what from the City Club. Anyway, I was a guest at the City Club. Here's my little... City Club. Which camera is it, by the way? That one? Okay. City Club card. And I got this beautiful, beautiful little, what is this thing, D? A placard? Certificate. Certificate. And read it. What does it say? It says, Ben Jarofsky, please don't ever come to a City Club meeting again. We were so desperate we invited you in the first place. Good God, you're two way left for us. Anyway, that's... I think at the bottom it says, uh, I wish that bald guy never <laughs> talked you into going. But I had it signed by Danny Mahopoulos, the, the intrepid WBEZ uh, investigative reporter, came on our show. When was he? About two weeks ago, D? Was yeah, it yeah. Saturday? Go download that interview with Dan Mahopoulos of uh, WBEZ. Speaking of WBEZ, the following comes from WBEZ, Dave McKinney, Dan Mahopoulos, and one Tony Arnold. Man, they threw a third person in there? They, they got a third three guy people. in there. Ah, boys, come on. Let's get my hands dirty here. <laughs> oh, man. City Club Gate is such a big story. It, it needed three reporters. <laughs> not one, not two, three. I may go help out. I don't know. Veteran lobbyist at City Club of Chicago President Jay Doherty has stopped working for embattled longtime client Commonwealth Edison, aka Comed, according to a dis- <laughs> for those who may not know, according to a disclosure document he filed Monday with Illinois officials. Agents were seeking information about Doherty, Comed, and powerful state house speaker and Democratic boss Michael Madigan. A source involved in the investigation told WBEZ that Doherty allegedly served as a quote pass-through for the utilities. Clandestine deals. Clandestine. Clandestine deals with politically connected individuals and companies who are suspected of doing little or no work. Doherty has lobbied for ComEd in Springfield since 2010, according to state lobbyist registration records. Mm, Yeah, well, all right. He had to step down. That's interesting. Is he going to step down from the city club? I do not know. But uh, listen, there's so much corruption in the city of Chicago. There's so much corruption in the state of Illinois. It's like this ongoing parade of 
of different characters, uh, this current corruption scandal, which just seems to be all-encompassing and it, involving different areas of the city and into the southwest suburbs and different characters that I most people have never heard of. The I mean, like Dan Mahopoulos, who, who studies Chicago politics, and Dave McKinney, who also studies Chicago and Illinois politics, and they know it very well. They know all these characters, but half the job of an investigative reporter in writing about these scandals is to explain who these guys, like Marty Sandoval. Until that story broke, you never heard of Marty Sandoval. Now you know him inside out because you've said his name so many times. State Senator Marty Sandoval is involved in this that corruption scandal. So uh, it's just so, listen, the richness of the irony of the city club somehow or other being connected, even if it's not directly connected and nobody else from the city club is in any way remotely connected to an ongoing investigation is so priceless. Because once again, folks, this is that pristine, good government arena that folks come to to discuss, you know, the issues of the day. And so it doesn't really affect them in any way other than it's just some, in the abstract way that they're entertained by it or they're, you know, just fascinated by it. And uh, so anyway, ah, my city, you know, D, I chose to live here. I chose to live in the city of Chicago and I chose to be a Democrat. And so many, <laughs> so many members of the party that I have voted for year after year just are so corrupt. So we're going to be keeping you posted on this City Club Gate mm-hmm. as more details become available. And hey, who knows? As details become available, uh, we may be throwing that uh, City Club certificate in the garbage. Never. Okay? I value this. <laughs> and once again, for folks who don't know the real story, the City Club had asked me to come. I said, no, I really don't want to come. Yeah, I got to get ready for this show, okay? And their meeting was before this show. And if you want to know who calls the shots of the Ben Jarofsky show, a certain doctor from Alton said, son, you're going to now get over there and don't. I had to take a cab. Remember from the city club here? I'm running. <laughs> and, but I did get this beautiful certificate. Wait, one more time. Ben Jarofsky, please don't ever come to the city club again. Oh, man, that's so mean. <laughs> no, actually, let me read you what it really says. OK, Dave? yeah, what's it say? The City Club of Chicago presents Ben Jarofsky with an honorary one-year membership on his Public Policy Forum series remarks, which have contributed to making the City Club of Chicago the premier public affairs forum in the state of Illinois. That was really nice, okay? That was really I'm nice. I'm a member of the City Club. Yeah, there you go. All right, moving on here. On moving to the on mayor. Up. Ooh, the mayor, okay. Chicago mayor, yeah, the mayor. Chicago mayor Lori Lightfoot's Tuesday schedule included an early visit to the University Club of Chicago to deliver remarks at one million degrees, annual corporate breakfast. Other than that, who knows? I have no other public events listed for the mayor, but we can promise you one thing, one thing that she won't be doing today or Anytime in the near future, <laughs> hanging out with the Chicago Teachers Union. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. She's had more than a full serving of that. <laughs> She's had in enough the of the month. Teachers Union. Yes, the Chicago teacher strike is over. Kids are back in school and all is back to normal. Ben, how you feeling now that the strike's over? I'm glad the strike is over. I didn't want them to go on strike in the first place, D. You know that. But uh, teachers, I feel, uh, deserve a lot of credit. I'll talk about that a little while later. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad the strike is over and the young students of Chicago are back to their scholarly pursuits. And they're learning reading, writing, and all that stuff. Arithmetic. Okay? Glad the strike's over. Glad mm-hmm. all is back. Well, if you were to believe our fellow Chicago media outlets in the last few days, by the way, I don't think we do. The battle between the Chicago Teachers Union and the mayor is far from over. (laughs) 
In an interview with the Chicago <laughs> Tribune, after the teacher strike, the Tribune laid it out and asked Mayor Lightfoot if she believes that the CTU, Chicago Teachers Union, will oppose her in 2023. Lightfoot's response, quote, I'm assuming that they're coming for me in 2023. Okay, Lori, why'd you have to say that? Can we leave well enough alone? Yeah. <laughs> you know, here's the deal. They, the Chicago Teachers Union uh, endorsed Tony Preckwinkle uh, in the last election, and they, they went hard for Tony Preckwinkle. D. And that was my big criticism of the Chicago Teachers Union. I felt they overplayed their hand. I've said it many times. Uh, Tony, Tony Preckwinkle was not nearly the progressive they made her out to be, and Lori Lightfoot was not nearly the villain they made her out to be. So they overplayed their hand. I believe that. I've said it many times. I just wrote it for the reader. It's, it's in this coming article in the reader. That said, Lori Lightfoot has a lot of thin, has thin skin. She won the election. She mopped the floor with Tony Prickley. What was it, 74, 75% of the vote, something like that. It was a landslide. And so I think that the person who is the, uh, the landslide winner should be a little magnanimous and should reach out to all the, all the people in the city of Chicago, even those who didn't support her, and say, how can we work together? And I see no evidence that Lori Lightfoot did that in any systematic, thorough way with the Chicago Teachers Union. I get the sense that she cannot stand the people who run the Chicago Teachers Union, in particular, Stacey Davis-Gage. Uh, and uh, uh, so as a result, what? There was no discussion, there was no uh, meetings, there was no sharing of ideas and how they might uh, come to a meeting of the minds on all the issues uh, in, a, in a teacher's contract. Instead, they went right to negotiation. The lawyers were at it, the negotiating committees were at it, and we ended up with a very bitter strike. Uh, now, what, we're already getting ready for the, uh, the next election four years from now? It's absurd, D, come on! So get together, people. <laughs> Mayor Lori Lightfoot, once again uh, on the Chicago Tribune interview, said that uh, I'm assuming the Chicago Teachers Union are coming after me in 2023. And now comes the spin. We're getting in the spin zone, buddy. The following comes from Illinois Politico in Shia Kapos. The strike is over, but no one said the Chicago Teachers Union was done fighting. In fact, there's chatter. The CTU is already floating a possible candidate to run against Mayor Lightfoot. While CTU VP Stacey Davis-Gates, SDG, who was outspoken during the strike, comes to mind as a possible challenger, insiders point to Cook County Commissioner and frequent guest here on the Ben Jarofsky Show, <laughs> Brandon Johnson, a first-time Cook County Commissioner and middle school teacher who does legislative work with the Teachers Union. Former middle school's teacher. I don't believe he's still teaching in any middle school. So, By the way, did, did she a Capos write and frequent Ben Jarofsky Show contributor? No, no, oh, that was me. I added that. Oh, okay. uh, she added something that you probably An editorial won't. aside by young Dennis. She added something in here that you probably won't like, but we'll go. We'll get there. Uh, he has a six-figure uh, salary. That's what it says here. Johnson helped organize the 2012 CTU strike and led field campaigns in the 2015 mayoral runoff. Johnson is also a familiar name on. Radio, we'll just say. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, come on, I'm above that, D. Didn't I just say, didn't I just say that Lori Lightfoot uh, should bury the hatch with the teachers union? And Brandon Johnson, can I say this? Can I, can I say this? Yeah. Brandon Johnson uh, has a show on a certain radio station here in the city of Chicago, uh, which I used to work at. Had a show on that station until they called me in one day and said, hey, son, 
beat it. <laughs> Leave. Don't <laughs> let the door hit you on your way out. But CD, I've, I've moved on from that, okay? I will now name the station. They'll show you this is a lesson for Lori Lightfoot. You can get along with people. Ben, you're growing. I've, gr- <laughs> I've grown. I've matured. I've moved on, all right? So here we go. The station is WC... WC, you are fired. No, WC, you later. Uh, Maya has entered the building. Maya has entered the building. WCPT. Some of my correct dear friends work for WCPT. I would name them, except they probably all get fired if the bosses knew. No, come on. I love Antonio. Anyway. Uh, You're taking big steps today. Yeah, man. no, come on. So, yeah, Brandon has that show on Sundays. And w- it says here he's a familiar name on WCPT Radio. I used to work there, too. The doctor. How many years did you work there? Like seven years. Mm-hmm. Where 70 years? Did you say? 70, yes, I'm old. 70 years. I've been there. It just seemed like 70, huh? I'm 90. <laughs> All right. So Johnson is also a familiar name on WCPT Radio. Where he What d- station is that again, D? Uh, d- w- they fired you. It's WCPT 820. We get it. WC you later. <laughs> where he's used his Sunday talk show to criticize the mayor. We're talking about Brandon Johnson, by the way. Yeah. And one of, we got Good luck criticizing show. the mayor on a weekday show, on the other hand. Sorry. Okay. That was okay. really uncalled for. Yeah. yeah. That was uncalled for. <laughs> All right. Uh, took ben. about two steps back there. <laughs> uh, don't criticize the mayor. I... In one episode of Brandon Johnson's show on WCPT 820 that fired oh. Ben Jarofsky, for example, <laughs> suggested Lightfoot is suppressing, quote, freedom and the expansion of democracy for black and brown people by not backing a fully elected school board. Still, Johnson says he hasn't been approached to run. Uh, Politico asked Johnson, and he said, quote, there's no link between the CTU strike and my future as an elected official. Uh, Conflation of the two is irresponsible and a disservice to our members and their sacrifice. He insists it's, quote, laughable to think CTU would push a mayoral candidate this early. Our members don't play politics, says Johnson. The commissioner says his focus is on passing Cook County's $6 billion budget and his, quote, just housing ordinance, a measure that would prohibit landlords from turning away potential renters based on criminal records. I know some people out there love Stacey Davis Gates and are urging her to run. She'll be our guest tonight at the hideout. I'm sure that conversation, uh, that discussion will come up. But uh, yeah, it is a little early. I mean, good God, the mayor's got three more years, right? And I think there's ample time for CTU uh, to and Lori Lightfoot to sort of figure out how to coexist in this city. They're both Democrats. I should point out that most of the leaders of the CTU are down. I don't know anybody who's not a, lead, a Democrat in the CTU. Lori Lightfoot is a Democrat. And you might say, well, she's more of the centrist uh, variety of Democrat. Uh, but her platform that she ran on was like straight out of the Chicago CTU playbook. So I think there's more more than enough time for these two forces in the city of Chicago to kind of work things out. Uh, we'll see what Maya has to say in this subject. Uh, she's settling in, but uh, it's a little premature to start talking about Brandon Johnson's mayoral run. I agree with Brandon on that one. I think the media just, you know, really like talking about that strike. They just can't let go. Maybe, they right? can't let go. It's easier. It's more fun talking about the strike and the, and the political personalities uh, than it is taking a deep dive into, like, how many nurses do we have in the public schools, et cetera, and so forth. So, you know, I'm into the personality stuff, too, D. I got to admit, uh, you know, it's good when high-powered personalities have public fights it's 
titillating, as they say. Tonight, Stacey Davis Gates, Vice President of the Chicago Teachers Union, will be the guest at First Tuesday this evening, Maya's first First Tuesday show. Tons of questions that you guys can ask Stacey Davis Gates. In fact, some would say billions. Yes, that's billion <laughs> with a B. <laughs> It'd be All a right. long show if we ask a billion questions. <laughs> All right, everybody. Uh, <laughs> I I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait. I really hope everybody shows up tonight. Uh, it's going to be a good time. All right, everybody, don't go anywhere, because coming up after the short little break, Maya's going to be talking more with Ben all about the first Tuesday show and so much more. It's the Ben Jarofsky Show, live from the Chicago Sun-Times. And now your host, still president of nothing, Chicago Reader <laughs> columnist Ben Jarofsky. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this. We shall see Wednesday. And here's why. Great night last night at the hideout. Packed house for First Tuesday. That's correct. Uh, that is correct. Robert Mueller, Stacey Davis-Gates, of course, was our featured guest uh, on stage with Maya and myself. Maya made her debut, did a very good job, in my humble opinion. And um, right after Stacey talked about all the twists and the turns and the ups and the downs of the Chicago teacher strike, we went to questions. First question from the front row, from our very own Frank. Frank had his hand in the air and said, it's, the ball is in your court, Frank. And uh, he asked the question, hey, Stacy, you going to run for mayor in 2023? Let's just get right down to it, okay? We just had the election in April, but that's that's how we do it in Chicago, folks. Uh, one election just bleeds in the next one. It was a great question. It was on everybody's mind. So kudos, Frank, uh, for asking it. And uh, what was Stacy's answer? D, a bit of a duck and a dodge, as I recall. It was like she didn't say no. She didn't say yes. She said she was honored and humbled by the question. And, and then she just sort of. Whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. And I was like, wait, did she say yes? Did she say no? Who knows? Anyway, in Chicago, like I said, it's barely an end to an election season. Democrats love fighting each other so much. My advice for Stacey and Lori and the teachers union and the mayor, can maybe you guys can work it out, you know? Like the Beatles said, we can work it out, D. What do you think, huh? Maybe they can work it out. Just don't sing it. Uh, <laughs> don't sing it. Meanwhile, while we were uh, having our great uh, first Tuesday show, uh, across the country, the Democrats were sending a message. Big night for the Dems yesterday, particularly in Virginia. The Dems took control of the Senate, the state Senate, and the state House. They already had the governor. Uh, Ralph Northam is the governor, a Democrat. That means they'll control the, the uh, re remapping process after the 2020 um Census: The happiest man in the world is Terry Cosgrove, a personal pack. We were uh, we had Terry on the show yesterday. Terry, of course, the head of the largest reproductive rights uh, lobbyist group here in the state of Illinois, and is a uh, very much uh, in tune with what's going on politically around the country. And uh, Terry and I see eye to eye in the whole quote unquote fair maps movement. Uh, fair maps movement is a suckers movement. This is my words, not Terry. Uh, which Democrats in states where they control uh, the legislative process, where they control the governor where they control the house are supposed to say oh yes fair is fair let's allow the republicans to have a hand in shaping the map so we take away our advantage meanwhile uh in every other state in the union where the republicans have the advantage they're crushing democrats just crushing them so it's really hard to play fair when only one side is playing fair fair map people that's just my general attitude about fair maps fair maps means republican maps and democrats being suckers anyway uh in Virginia, the Democrats will get to draw the map. And the sobbing you hear 
It's Donnie Trump and the Republicans because they won't won't be allowed to gerrymander. Oh, poor babies. Speaking of uh, sobbing from Republicans, other big news out of Kentucky. While we were uh, having our discussion at First Tuesday, by the way, Dr. D was there. A lot of people are like asking for autographs and uh, taking pictures, selfies, <laughs> selfies with the young doctor there. I uh, spilled a beer. Yes, you did. <laughs> you Not that on the floor. It, was a gla- it didn't break. but uh, it yeah. was, Wasn't that Maya's beer that you were bringing Yeah, her, I was like, was hey, it's... happy uh, first, first Tuesday. Here's a beer. Oops. Dropped it on the floor. <laughs> then I saw somebody cleaning up. Uh, <laughs> I don't know who that was. Anyway. Uh, it smelled like beer the whole night. Uh, yes, uh, the doctor was there. And um, anyway, so while we were uh, at first Tuesday, uh, Andy Bashir, the Democrat, defeated uh, Matt Bevin, the Republican, in the gubernatorial race in Kentucky. That is correct. Uh, uh, ladies and gentlemen, a Democrat was victorious in the governor's race Hell yeah. in Kentucky. Let's do the Kentucky fight song. Dun, 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 dun. I don't know what it is. Oh, that, I, isn't, that, Most fight songs sound like yeah, that, though, I, right? It's like Notre Dame, I thought. Now I'm going to have this. Da, 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 da. Sorry, anyway. <clears throat> Kentucky! Yeah, let me go back to the Boston song that we were saying. That was the song that was playing on the, the radio. By the way, little known secret about Dr. D, people don't know this he loves classic rock yes i did i did not know that that until he took control of the radio dial and was like take a look around anyway favorite classic rock band thin lizzy just said it right there i know a thin lizzy song yes you do wait time out are they once they're not the ones who sing the boys are back yeah that's them back at dino's huh dino's bar and grill all right uh anyway mitch mcconnell's home state in kentucky mitch mcconnell of course being the diabolical genius evil genius who runs the senate and is always crushing the democrats hope everybody absolutely says that the key to uh passing progressive legislation is to take back the senate so you don't have mitch mcconnell mitch mcconnell in a position to stifle it and smother it and do things like bury the democrats the democrats uh state supreme court nominees as he did with marlin uh, with um, with uh, Barack Obama back in 2016. Anyway, so uh, it was a big win for the Democrats. They eked it out. Very close election. Does that mean that Mitch McConnell could be in trouble? Now, that's a little ahead of us, folks. I don't think the primary will be, uh, the gubernatorial primary in Kentucky will be until May. And the Democrats have a, a very contested race. Amy McGrath is viewed as the front runner. She, of course, is the former Marine pilot. Uh, she ran for Congress last uh, last year and lost uh, to a Republican. But now she's back at it. Uh, very much a centrist moderate. My uh, Democrats, my lefty Democrats are very upset with her. They And they always tell me, Benny, she's too moderate, too centrist. And I'm like, you know, guys. Kentucky's not like Logan Square, all right? Sometimes you just got to adopt where people are instead of trying to oppose your views on them. I don't know. That's just me saying that, D. Understatement of the year right there. Kentucky (laughs) is not Logan Square. Yeah, you know, we want a candidate that could win in Logan Square. I don't know, you know? I mean, I don't know if Kentucky is quite like Logan Square. Anyway, so we'll be watching that one. Of course, it'll answer the Meredith Shiner question, and that question is this. Meredith Shiner was a guest on the show, a very astute uh, observer of politics. And she said that if Mitch McConnell senses that his control of the Senate will be jeopardized by Donnie Trump and the impeachment movement, he will turn on Donald John Trump like that. 
So what he's probably doing right now, D, is studying uh, the election results in yesterday's Kentucky race to see where the uh, Democrat uh, Bashirs was strongest, where the Republican Matt Bevin was weakest, whether those votes will translate into votes. Those Bashir votes will translate into Amy McGrath votes. And by the way, the Libertarian Party, I think, picked up 2% of the vote uh, in that race. you got to figure those votes would have gone to Bevin. And uh, in a a normal circumstance, so will the libertarians be a factor in 2020? These are all things that I'm sure Mitch McConnell will be figuring out. Here's Mitch McConnell studying. (laughs) (laughs) That's how he does it, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to have to bring Meredith Shiner back to see what her prediction is. She said that Mitch McConnell will buckle and turn on Donald John Trump if he thinks his survival is at stake. I doubt it, but we shall see. The young man from Alton, the pride and joy of the 618 with the news. Hey, how's it going, everybody? (laughs) Let's begin with what's happening in Illinois and or Chicago this afternoon. And hey, if there's uh, any new listeners out there, maybe listening for the first time, uh, although he's called me one every day, going on literally two and a half years, still not sure why, (laughs) not a doctor. My name's Dennis. (laughs) Hey, Ben, good news. The Illinois governor uh, we've grown to love is back in full swing. After years of neglect, (laughs) Illinois is finally getting its mojo back. All right, jury's still out on that one. But hey, you sure are getting your mojo back, Mr. Pritzker. Right now, in my face, thanks to Illinois Politico. Go subscribe to that, by the way. Fantastic way to catch up on the daily local news. But right now, in my face, is a Wednesday schedule full of public events for J.B. Pritzker. That's right, with a fully functioning femur, his day began at Four (laughs) Seasons Park in Plainfield. We've been to Plainfield. Yes, we have. We were, uh, what highway was that? I can't remember. Uh, that was a long time ago. I know. I remember there was a river somewhere near here. Remember the river, D? We talked about the river. It was the Fox River, wasn't it? No, it was a different place. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, there was a river. There was definitely a river. Anyway. The river in Plainfield. Frank, weigh in if you can. All right. Uh, he then went to Lombard Golf Course to highlight Rebuild Illinois projects in Will and DuPage County. Did he golf? I don't know. Ben Jarofsky. Is Governor J.B. Pritzker a golfer? You know, I do not know the answer to that question, but my guess is no. Just don't think he's a golfer. I don't know. i never seen a picture of him golfing. Maybe I missed it. What about you? Are you a golfer? Uh, negatory, to quote Norm. I've gone golfing uh, twice in my life. Once, when I was about 16, my friends and I snuck on a golf course in Evanston. We snuck on the course. We had one club. That we shared. And then the we got about two rounds in, and then the guy runs the course. Hey, get off of the oh, course. Radical. And then, uh, yeah, we snuck on the course. And then my only, quote-unquote, legitimate golfing outing took place about 20 years ago with my dear friend Milo. Uh, he wanted me. He was going through a golfing phase, and he dragged me. Dude, that was the most boring day. I was, like, literally falling asleep. Watching. But I do like miniature golf. Miniature golf is a good time. Yeah, I like miniature golf. I agree with you so, there. Not a golfer. All right, well, there you go, listeners. If you ever wondered, oh, man, I wonder if Ben Drosky ever like to go golfing with me. No, he wouldn't. <laughs> Not a golfer. Oh, it's so boring. Good God. So J.B. Pritzker did that. And finally tonight, the governor will speak at the Midwest Airlines Gala reception Ooh. at the Spurtis Institute. He really likes galas, folks. <laughs> Last night, Governor Pritzker gave a speech at the Cook County Democrats fundraiser. It was held at the Michigan Avenue Hilton. 
He talked about our 45th president, Donald J. Trump. And surprise, none of it was flattering. <laughs> I don't blame him. There's not really a lot of flattering stuff to say about Donald John Trump. But the governor then transitioned to that big problem happening right here in Illinois. It's that damn dirty word that comes up a little too often for my liking in this daily local news segment, if you ask me. Corruption. Mm. Oh, my beloved Democrats. Once again, if you're a new listener to this program or maybe a new citizen of Illinois, hi, welcome to Illinois. We're pretty shady. <laughs> even the Democrats. Uh, even? I, I would take even out of that sentence. My especially beloved, the Especially the Democrats. <laughs> oh, my God, my beloved Democratic Party. Okay, so I have corruption quotes from the governor to read. Remember, just in the last year, we've had four, maybe five, Democratic Illinois politicians have their offices raided by federal agents, Hold one on. of which... Let me see if I can count them. All Let me right. see if I could do this off of the top. Did you say four or five? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, uh... Alderwoman Austin, um, raid, uh, that, and you say elected, oh, oh boy, um, uh, Marty Sandoval, Sandoval, state Senator Marty Sandoval, that's two, I'm doing this off the top of my head, ladies and gentlemen, and I smoked a lot of reefer back in 1980, uh, three would be, uh, well, I'm, I'm thinking of Cook County, I mean, uh, City Club Gate, but that's not a, uh, was Louis Arroyo's office raided? I don't think it's offices raided. Oh, yes, yeah, you're right. I, I think you're saying that offices. I think there's been indictments and investigations. Uh, oh, Alderman Ed Burke. How can I forget Ed Burke? How can you? And I believe uh, Alderman Brian Ernst's office oh, was raided. No, just kidding. That's <laughs> Alderman slash video techie Brian Ernst? <laughs> yeah, I think his office was raided. And they found he had this like illegal uh, movies videos that he had secretly downloaded from the 90s there. So uh, anyway, just kidding. Brian Ertz, of course, is the uh, technical wizard who runs the entire Chicago Sun-Times. So how many you got on your list there? I have three. I have Austin, uh, Sandoval, and Burke. I'm not sure if Arroyo's offices were actually raided, so I can't put him on the list. So yeah, I said four, maybe five, three, maybe four. Okay. How about that? That's good, yeah. All right. So uh, here are the quotes from Pritzker last night. Uh, let's see here. Quote. <laughs> What's so funny? Just the thought of Brian Ernst's office being raided. <laughs> He's got a beautiful office. I've been in Brian's office many times. Can't imagine. There's not a really a lot to raid there. But uh, anyway, oh, hey, we're back on video. All right. Thank you, Brian Ernst. Wave to the camera, Ben. Mm-mm-mm-mm. All right. Or just do that pointy <laughs> thing you do. <laughs> Either one, I guess. Guess it means the same. Okay. Let's read the quotes from Pritzker last night. Quote. By the way, it's about corruption. Okay. Welcome to Illinois, if you just now moved to (laughs) Illinois. Quote, I'm furious watching public officials, some from our own party, betray the public trust. Mm -hmm. I am disgusted that some people in politics seem to think the old way of doing politics is the right way of doing politics. And it's time to change the way politics is done in this state. Period. Yes, indeed. Time to change your evil ways. Speaking of a great song from the 60s. Pritzker then announced that he plans to push lobbying reforms to root out corruption, saying that he'll return to Springfield next week to help craft legislation that would help shed light on lobbyists through, quote, a series of ethics reforms that are, frankly, long overdue. 
Well, I got to tell you, folks, uh, I've it, I've lived through a lot of corruption investigations here in the state of Illinois, uh, dealing with politicians, dealing with judges, and um, it always seems as though when it, when it's all over, everybody shakes their head and go, "I am disgusted. I am outraged. This must not be allowed to happen again. We're going to pass laws to prevent it." And then somehow or other, guess what, D? It happens again. And I'm not sure if it's something in particular to Illinois and Chicago, or is this just human nature to quote michael uh, jackson is this just the way human beings are across the board you know what i spent so much of my time utterly obsessed with local politics i've never taken like uh like a deeper dive into the behavior of politicians outside of chicago for instance i'm always writing about the tiff program here in the city of chicago and what a scam it is and then you know when i give talks or in front of groups of people that one of the first questions that's generally asked to me is do other cities have TIFs. Are other cities, and I say, yes, of course, it's a, a standard practice to raise money to uh, fund projects. And then people will say, well, uh, well, are other cities' TIF programs as corrupt and as misguided as Chicago's? And I have to say, I do not know because I haven't studied them. So it's the same thing with politicians. Are Chicago's politicians more corrupt than, let's say, politicians in Cleveland? Or in downstate Alton, where Young Doctor is from. Oh, shady uh, business going on there. I do not know the answer. I've never been a reporter in downstate Alton. Y'all bet I'd find a lot of shady stuff going on in Alton, D, if I set up. Can you imagine if Maya set up shop down at Alton? Oh, my goodness. Could they throw her out of town? <laughs> uh, so <laughs> she's too tough on those politicians. So I do not know the answer as to whether Chicago or Illinois is even is more corrupt than, let's say, New York. I know New York. Oh, my God. There's so much corruption in the state of New York. Boston, there was a lot of corruption in Boston. Missouri was infamous for corruption. So, you know, I just think I'm starting to think, D, it's just human nature. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, as opposed to something in the drinking water in Chicago. There are some Chicago behavior that I find really annoying, and that's like the general notion that you just got to get along, you know, to go along, to get along, and all that stuff, and that's how Chicagoans can keep electing the same old, same old. But uh, I don't know if we're any more corrupt than any other establishment. Okay. And uh, also, yeah, uh, J.B. Pritzker, I mean, I hate to bring it back up, but he had that toilet thing, too. Plumber gate. Yeah. <laughs> How can I forget that? That's Thank you. For, I, I hate to bring I'm it up. He's not a perfect person. I hate to bring it up, he says, as he brings it up. Yeah, how can we forget uh, J.B. Pritzker? So let me ask you this. Uh, this is off the cuff here. Uh, so Bruce Rauner, when he ran, he talked about, like, the corrupt politicians in Illinois. Yeah. Is Bruce Rauner right a little bit? Uh, yeah, and that's a guy I would really take advice from in this. If you recall, Bruce Rauner hired Stewie Levine. Remember Stewie Levine and the teacher's pension fund? Remember Bruce Rauner before he was governor? Ugh, I like Stewie. Uh, so, you know, listen. My general attitude when it comes to Bruce Rauner is he, he is what they call a phony. Do you get it, D? I mean, when it was working for him, he was happy to play with <laughs> Illinois Democrats. And he was endorsing Daly and signing on to Rahm and all that Loving stuff. Loving the teachers. Yay yeah. for our teachers. Yay for our teachers. But then he wanted to really sock it to the teachers union and get more power and money for people like him. And so he, he waged war against the unions. And to do that, he suddenly had to pretend as though he was a great reformer. So, you know what? I have no faith pretty much in any 
Republican in this current age of Donald John Trump who claims that he's a reformer and wants to clean up the swamp. Isn't that interesting? Donald Trump, there's another one. He's going to clean up the swamp. Remember the $50,000 he gave uh, to Rahm Emanuel? Remember that, young <laughs> Dennis? I remind Dennis of that every day. We're on that train going home, and we see the Trump building with the big Trump sign, and uh, Dennis goes, uh, like my building? And I always go, yeah, that $50,000 campaign contribution gave to Rahm Emanuel paid off for you, Donnie. So, yeah, Republicans are hypocritical on this front, D. You know it as well as I do. So, J.B. Pritzker, that was his speech last night uh, at the Democratic uh, Cook County Democrats party or whatever. Uh, but J.B. Pritzker wasn't the only one on the bill. Mm. No, sir. Also giving a speech was our Chicago mayor, Lori Lightfoot. Double L. A- Double L has been just called her. <laughs> yeah, she trashed Trump in her speech, too. She called him the most dangerous president in our history. But she spoke on our select corrupt Democratic Illinois politicians as well. Lightfoot called on Dems to, quote, stand for equity, for racial and economic justice, for worker justice, for gender justice, for environmental justice for immigration justice, and for the ethical conduct of government. We can't pretend that this party has been pure or exempt from self-dealing or misconduct. We can, however, apply a higher standard to ourselves and to our party going forward. We can resolve to turn the page. Those days need to be over. Definitively. I agree with her 100%. It's really interesting. See, this is... That that that's the rhetoric of candidate Lori Lightfoot when she was running for mayor. That's what I liked about her. D talking about economic justice and social justice, and she came to the hideout uh, just like Stacey Davis Gates did. And, and at that time it was McDumpy me told us right to our face, "I'm against Lincoln Yards and I'm uh, four more nurses in the school." I think in her heart of hearts, she wants to do the right thing. You become mayor of the city of Chicago, there's a lot of pressures on you. All of a sudden, you got to deal with the Tribune and and the like the corporate Chicago going, uh, "You got to crush those teachers." Stamp them on like a bug. And uh, so there's a lot of pressures on her. But I think in her heart of hearts, she wants to do the right thing. So here, here for that. And in terms of corruption, absolutely. It's about time the Democrats clean up their house. There's just this notion, this attitude uh, that, uh, you know, it's like real politics in Chicago if you get down and dirty. We got Adolfo Mondragon coming in here uh, later on, and th- he knows a thing or two about how Chicago politics is played. He's an election law lawyer. He's run for office. He worked for Ed Burke, so it'll be interesting to see what he has to say. But that attitude, that Chicago attitude, is so prevalent. You know, yeah, get, get down and dirty. That's what we need, down and dirty. All right? Practical. So One more uh, time, down and dirty. Down and dirty, okay? <laughs> I you know, I'm not from Chicago, folks. I moved here, and that's the first thing. He's down and dirty. He could cut a deal. It's some Rhode Island thing he's doing there. Down and dirty. <laughs> Keep Rhode that in Rhode Island, Island pal. Rhode. By the way, uh, you talk about corruption. Rhode Island. Woo! The mayor of Rhode Island. Forget his name. Uh, you know, Frank, what's his name? I think he said it was Buddy or something like that. Man, that dude was so corrupt. He's down and dirty. Down. Down and dirty. All right. That's what we like. Our politicians get down and dirty. All right. Today, Mayor Lightfoot joined. We're moving on from that speech. Moving there. on up. Moving on yeah, up. He's still doing that. All right. Today, Mayor, a piece of the pie. Today, Mayor Lightfoot joined Blue Cross Blue Shield of Illinois for a groundbreaking ceremony of its new Morgan Park Center. Apparently, it used to be a target. Ben, for 10 trivia points, what ward is Morgan Park in? Well, this ward, uh, well, it's divided among several wards, but I believe this is the 30. Fourth Ward. Okay, and who is the Alderman of the 34th Ward? It would be Alderwoman Carrie Austin. All right. Did I get it right? By the way, she's on that list you just made, right? What list? Oh, yeah! 
<laughs> I already forgot that list. The list of the three uh, Democratic politicians from Cook County whose offices were raided by the feds. Let's not forget the city club, all right, D? Let's not forget the city club. Their offices were raided by the feds, too. Just say By the way, did I ever tell you I'm a member of the city club? Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> We've been milking that one for a long time, buddy. Yeah. All right. Here's Lori Lightfoot at uh, Morgan Park today. Mm-hmm. You remember about a year ago um, when Target announced that it was leaving um, this site. There's a lot of consternation, a lot of people upset, not only because of the lack of notice, but also the, the devastating effect that this would have on the economy. And the fact that Blue Cross Blue Shields now is coming into this site and not only um, claiming the space, but bringing far more jobs and far more opportunity in this space is like the story of the Phoenix rising from the ashes. So congratulations, Blue Cross Blue Shield, on doing a great service not only for this community, but for the city of Chicago. Is that you in the crowd clapping? Yeah, man, I am clapping. I think that's awesome. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Blue Cross. All right. Well, it actually made sense to them. They moved in, and uh, I think it's wonderful. All right. And hey, why not? It's one of uh, those politicians we were talking about whose office was raided. Here's Kerry Austin speaking at the event as well. When Target left us, as I said, it left us devastated. What will we do with all of this space? Many of you know that I do say first giving all praises and honor to God, because when I told God about this, he talked to who? Maurice. (laughs) And I'm grateful that he did, because now we have hope, we have a breath of fresh air, we have something that we can look forward to out in the 34th Ward, the far south side of Chicago. Because when we say south, we say far south. Maurice would be the uh, planning chief for the city of Chicago. I don't know, bringing God into it, but uh, whatever. Everybody has their own political beliefs, their religious beliefs. So uh, it's good, I guess, you uh, not to be humble and give credit to a greater source when something good happens. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I don't know if it was divine intervention. I presume it was a business decision on the part of Blue Cross. And uh, let's face it, you know, it's uh, probably made sense to them financially. And so they made the move. So good for them. All right. So I give thanks to Blue Cross. How about that, D? I'm giving thanks for them for moving in and uh, and. Uh, keeping that building from being vacant. All right, so there you are. That's what's going on uh, locally this afternoon. We'll keep you posted on those stories as today's program rolls along. Uh, We're going to you, everybody. First on the Ben Jarofsky Show Facebook page, Frank Wade in. What's up, Frank? Frank says here, uh, he's got the the mayor here, Buddy Cianci was the correct yes, mayor very co- of Providence, Dang. Rhode Island. I said Buddy or Busters. Yeah, that dude was so corrupt. Hey, and remember, you can download previous Ben Jarofsky shows and Benny J bonus interviews at both Chicago Sun-Times and Chicago Reader websites, chicago.suntimes.com, chicagoreader.com, and wherever else you download your favorite podcast. Speaking of those bonus interviews, we got a special bonus interview. He's on his way now brother of Stacey Davis Gates of the Chicago Teachers Union and former South Bend mayoral candidate. He went against Mayor Pete. His name's Henry Davis. I almost called him Henry Davis Gates. That would be wrong. His name's Henry Davis. We're going to have that available for download. And hey, if you listen on the download, check us out on the live stream, Chicago Sun-Times YouTube channel. We'll see you tomorrow. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? 
Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.